0: Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Now, the king of Aram was at war with Israel, and after conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel. Beware of of passing this place because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and time, time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. Verse 11, this enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, tell me. Which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? Verse 12, none of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Verse 13, go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back. He is in Dothan, verse 14. Then he sent horses and chariots and, strong, and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of, of the man of God got up and went up early the next morning, an army of, uh, with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Verse 16. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those Who are with them. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. Let every heart, God, be open and ready to receive that which you have prepared for them in this time, in this season, in this hour of their lives. We thank you, God, because those that are here today are not here by coincidence, God, but they're here by destiny. So, God, do what you have planned to do. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. How many like roller coasters? Anybody like roller coasters? Yeah, I like roller coasters, too, but I, I have a fear of heights. And and we were at a, an amusement park a couple of weeks ago. And I saw this roller coaster and I was I was like, I mean, you, you look at that thing. That's that's for those that are afraid of heights. That's that's pretty bad. And I saw this roller coaster and I was thinking, I was thinking to myself, oh, Lord, I'll I'll never go on that thing. So then I said, oh, Lord, I need to go on that thing. Because one thing about me is I like to do the things that I'm afraid of. The things that that you're usually terrified about doing are are probably things that, you know, maybe it's not roller coasters, but things that you probably should be doing in life. If it scares you, then take a risk. If it scares you, you know, take a chance. So as we're, we're Going toward the ride, and and uh, you know, I started talking to the workers, and one of the workers told me something, and it, and I just kept trying to remember it, and she just said, you know, it's not as bad as it looks, and I just kept telling myself that because you know, I didn't want to overanalyze it, I didn't want to think about it because when you're in a, a ride for something like that, um, you just kind of keep thinking about it. So, and the more you think about it, the more you talk yourself out of it. So. You know, it, it gets time to, to get on the ride. And I'm just, once I'm strapped in, I'm just like thinking, what am I doing here? You know? Why, why did you make this decision right now? Why did you why did you do this? There's there's nothing I can do now. I mean, I'm not gonna raise my hand and say, all right, guys, I, I changed my mind, but you know, I'm just I'm closing my eyes. And this thing, what it does is it just it takes off so fast, and as you're going up, it, it goes up in a 90-degree angle. It just goes up. It feels like you're just going to run right off the track and, and keep going up like a rocket. So I was, I was closing my eyes, and I was thinking, you know what, man? I'm just going to open my eyes because what, what good is it? I'm just going to open my eyes the whole time. And we're we're going up the ride, you know. And I, I'm opening up my eyes. And once we get over that that you know that hump right there, I'm like, oh my god, you know. I I see it, and it's so fast, it's so fast, and it happens so quickly that it's over in a moment. And what I realized it, when when the girl said it's not as bad as it looks, she was really telling the truth. And and that's the, a, a lot of The way life works, that there are things that we we face in life. And when you're in it, when you're in it in the moments, it looks bad when you're in it in the moment. It's hard to say it's it's not as bad as it looks, because when I was on the top, the very top, I'm saying this is bad. The lady lied. This girl lied to me. She should be fired for telling lies to people. This woman, I'm going to tell her when I get, but, but when you, when you're in the moment and it looks bad, it doesn't always feel like, like it's not as bad as it looks, but once you go through it, you can get off that thing. You can get off that ride. You could get through that situation and you could, you could tell folks that wasn't as bad as it looks. The text that we're going to talk about today. Yeah. The text that we're going to talk about today is in 2 Kings. Elisha and his servant are in a situation and later they will have a revelation, or at least the servant will, that the bad situation that they were in, even though it looked bad, it wasn't as bad as it looks. And today I'm not trying to minimize your pain. I'm not trying to... To minimize your your situation, your, your tragedy, the things that you're going through in life. If if you're going through some bad things in your life this morning, I'm not trying to sound insensitive and saying it's not that bad. That's not what what my assignment is today. But I want you to understand that when God is on your side, it's not as bad as it looks. <laughs> the king of Aram was at war with Israel. And was at war with the people of God. And he would make plans to ambush the the children of Israel. But every time he tried to, to ambush them. Every time he would make his military moves. Israel would know beforehand. And they would make preparations. And the king of Aram was not successful in the battle. It kind of reminds me of Isaiah chapter 54, 17. We all know the scripture that that no weapon that is formed against you will what? I'm sorry, what? No weapon formed against you will prosper. Now It doesn't say in there that weapons won't be formed. Some of you right now, you have some weapons that are being formed against you. You have weapons at work. You have weapons being formed. You in your family, at, at school, or wherever you go, there are weapons. Sometimes those weapons are formed even at church. You got some things that are formed against you right now. But God doesn't say that a weapon would not be formed against you. He said that they would. He just said that they wouldn't succeed against you. He said that they wouldn't prosper in your life. And this is what's happening with the with. With Israel and and the king of Aram, he's making his plans. He's making his plans to try to trap Israel. And every time he does, the, the, the people of Israel know ahead of time what he's doing. And the enemy can't succeed. You know that the king of Aram became very angry and suspected that there was a traitor. So what he does is he questions his own army, calls his officers together, and he begins to question them to find out who's on on, on the enemy's side. He wants to know who's on Israel's side because he knows that they have an advantage. Do you understand that with, with God, with when you have God, you have an advantage? With God on your side, you always have an advantage. You need to put that in your spirit today. With God on your side, with God on your side this morning, no matter what you are going through, no matter what you are facing right now, no matter what the obstacle looks like, you have an advantage in this life. You have an advantage over the enemy. Colossians 2.15 says in verse 15, it says God stripped The spiritual rulers and powers of their authority. With the cross, he won the victory and showed the world that they they were powerless. What is God saying here? He's saying that the enemy has no power. Power or authority. When Jesus went to the cross, he didn't just die for your sins. He didn't just redeem man. What he does is he stripped the power of Satan. He stripped his authority. And he showed the world that the enemy was powerless against God. This morning you need to understand that you have an advantage over the enemy. And I think a lot of times we, get, we, we give the enemy too much credit because we want to talk about what the enemy is doing in our lives. We want to talk about what the enemy is doing in this world. And when the enemy messes with us, we, we get discouraged discouraged, or we get angry or we complain. But you, you, you have to understand that the enemy has no advantage over your life. The only power he has in your life is the power that you give him. That's the only power that Satan has. I don't care what's happening in your life. I don't care if you see black things in your room at night. I remember when I was younger and I would pray. I would see these things in my room and I would freak out and I would, I would get scared. But what I didn't realize is that I was getting closer to God. The enemy was trying to block me and intimidate me. What I didn't realize is those things had no authority over my life. They have no authority over your life. And just because they look intimidating doesn't mean that you don't have the advantage. Notice what happens in in, in the next verse, verse 11. So actually, I'm going to skip over to verse 12. It says, uh, the the king said, none of us, my lord. So he, he wants to know about a traitor. Verse 12 says, none of us, my lord, the king said of one of his offers, but Elisha. The prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Now, let me just stop for a moment. There is nothing that is hidden from God. Okay, let's do an integrity check for a moment. There is nothing that is hidden from God. And, and the, Elijah knew the very secrets of the king. What you think you are hiding from other people, you're not hiding from God. Uh, it, the, the, the king of Israel through Elijah had the very battle plans of the enemy. Because God gave him an advantage. You realize that Elijah had inside information. I like to call it divine intelligence. Intelligence. Do you know that that there, there are things, secrets, and strategies that God wants to give you to make you successful over the enemy or successful over your problem? You know, we, we, we pay money to go to, to seminars for, for, uh, you know, to, to improve our life. And people buy self-help books. Self-help books today are like the, the best sellers. And, and that, that's cool and everything. Th- those things are. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But you understand that there are things. There is insight. There is inside information that God can release in your life to make you successful over your problem. And we want to go and talk to people that don't know nothing. We want to complain to people that are living no better than ourselves. We, we, want, to, we want to talk to people that don't even pray, people that don't even know scripture, people that, that don't even know where they're going. But look at Psalms twenty-five fourteen says, the secret of the Lord is with them that what? Fear him. So that as you honor God, the secrets of heaven can be released over your life. There's insight. There is divine strategies. There are are ideas that God can deposit in your life to make you have an advantage over your problem. That's why it's not as bad as it looks. George Washington Carver. Anybody here George Washington Carver? George Washington Carver. There he is. Invented over 300 pot products in his lifetime, and he was, he was a black man that was um, successful in the time of greatest discrimination in America. If you think there's discrimination now, it was at a whole nother level at his time. So he, he, he created over 300 products. And God made him successful. He, he is credited to reviving a, a struggling economy in, in the, the southern states when he was alive. Presidents came to him and asked him for counsel. Henry Ford, who created Ford, successful man as well, created the, the automobile, wanted this man to work with him. And keep in mind, this was a time... When people of color weren't given the same opportunities as everybody else. And how did he do it? The, 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 the man dedicated his life to Christ. And God gives him an inventive mind. And he would pray about impossible problems. He would pray about things that needed to be fixed, things that needed to be solved. And then he would go to bed at night as, as he would think about those problems. And George Washington Carver says that when he woke up in the morning, the answer was there. The answer to that, that unsolvable problem, that, the answer to the, 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 the solution that nobody else could see, the, the solution that nobody else could figure out, God gave it to George Washington Carver because he asked God. People persecuted him. He was persecuted for his ideas. He was persecuted because of the color of his skin. But God gave him an advantage. I want you to understand something to me. And I speak from being a minority as well. And and I've experienced racism in my life as well. There's things that my teachers told me. There's things, opportunities that, that I knew that I didn't get because they were blatantly in front of me. So I know that it exists. But discrimination is never, if you're in the kingdom of God, discrimination is never an excuse for you not to succeed in life. The color of your skin is never an excuse for you to become something great. People may block you. They may criticize you. They may say things about you. But God has given you an advantage in life if you are a child of God. But you've got to ask God for the answers to the problems in this life. You have an advantage. Back to the story. When the king of Aram finds out that Elisha's... Messing up his plants. He's like, I'm going to go get this fool. This is my version, okay? This is my version. I like my version. Hope you like it. So what the, the king does is he, he, he doesn't just send a few men. He, he doesn't just send a couple dudes to go and get Elijah. He sends an entire army. You know that you're a bad dude when, you, when they bring a whole army. They bring the whole cavalry to come and get you. If they come to get you with one or two dudes, you're, you're not that bad. If you got numbers, though, you're, you're a bad dude. You're a bad dude. And, and Elijah was a bad dude because he was a threat to the king of Aram. You know the enemy is against you. You know you're a threat to the enemy when the enemy comes with numbers against you. When you are, when you are messing up the enemy's plans, he's going to mess with you. That's, that's just the truth. And here's another sad truth. That if the enemy's not messing with you, then you're not really messing with him. Alright? Let that sink in. Alright, so, so Elijah is, is, is in his place. He's in his city, Dothan. And they surround Elijah as he slept, as he went to bed. He went to bed in peace. But then he wakes up. And there's chaos around him. You know that you can go to sleep in peace and then wake up the next day and you got issues? Like everything was fine. You ever experienced that everything was fine one day? And then you wake up the next day, you got, you got some drama and trauma in your life, you got some issues with at work, you, you get a you get a notice at work that they're laying you off, or the, the car breaks down, or if you're a young person, you lose friends at school, your your girlfriend that you shouldn't be with cheats on you, or your boyfriend you shouldn't be with because you're only thirteen years old cheats on you, you know, and, and things change suddenly. All of a sudden. So Elijah's servant, in verse 15, it says, when the servant of the man of God got up. So Elijah's servant, Elisha's servant is with him. When, when the servant, servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with those horses and chariots had surrounded the city. This is what he says. Oh, no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. So Elisha's servant wakes up and he's surrounded by the problem and he's afraid. And and rightly so. They're surrounded. There's, there's no escape. There's no way out. It just doesn't look bad. I look at the story and I think to myself, hey man, Elisha knew about the other things. How come he didn't see this coming? But, that, you know, that's, a, that's another thing. He didn't see it coming, obviously, guess god doesn't always show us everything right but but here's the thing the 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 servant is fearful he's full of fear and you would probably be too i would be too but what's interesting is that the servant seems to have forgotten that they have had an advantage over the enemy this whole time that's why they're in this situation Every time the enemy has tried to plan something, the enemy keeps failing. And you would think that the servant would say, hey, you know what, man? I don't care who's outside. These guys can't beat us. We got this. We got this, man. You bring everybody, man. Bring your mom and your dad, your grandma. Bring your whole neighborhood, man. We, you, you, we, we got this. You, you guys You guys can't hurt us. You would think that he would start talking a big old game, but you know, he's afraid. You know why? Because our present troubles, our present troubles have a way of of making us forget our past victories. Our present troubles, the the, the troubles of today, the things that we go through today, have a way of causing us to forget the things and the battles that we won yesterday, our past victories, our past breakthroughs, our past miracles. I want you to understand if God brought you back, brought you through back then. He'll bring you through today. He will bring you through right now. Don't allow your present circumstance to allow you to forget your past victories. When when he informs Elisha of the problem, the, the servant, Elisha doesn't respond the same way. He's, a, he's just like a cool cat, you know? You got anybody got a friend, they're, they're just like a cool cat. You tell them things, and they're just cool. They're just they're just relaxed. They're just chill. You know? They're, they're, they're not gonna overreact. They're they're not gonna, you know, freak out. And, and Elijah, you know, probably gets the, Now, remember, this is in the morning. This is my story. This is my version, okay? I when I read the Bible. I laugh sometimes and I add in details. I'm not adding to the Bible, but I'm trying to visualize what's happening because these things really happen. And I can imagine Elijah just, you know, maybe eating some breakfast and looking at the servant and and the servant's just running his mouth, just panicked. And Elijah's just eating. All right, man. And, And the servant's like, dude, how can you eat out of time like this? Just dramatic. Everybody's got a dramatic friend. How many of you know you, you've got some dramatic friends? Maybe you're the dramatic friend. You overreact. You know, you go zero to 60 like in two seconds. You just overreact. Everybody's got a, a dramatic friend. I don't go on Facebook anymore, but when I did, I have some dramatic friends. Now, they're Facebook friends. Some of them, I don't even know them. But they're, they're friends. They're like a profile on, on my Facebook. And you always got the dramatic friends. And, and the, the dramatic friends post like three letter, three letter posts that, you know, I can't, you know, um, I'm trying to think of a three letter post right now, but can't take this. Dot, dot, dot. That's it. We've got no other information, we've got no details. We don't know, we don't know if, if, you know, your leg got, you know, bit off by a shark and you can't walk, you can't take it anymore. I don't know. Or, or, you know, um, so angry, all caps, dot, dot, dot. We don't know why you're angry. We just know you're angry. We just know that there's something in your life and you, you posted something and you want somebody to ask What's wrong? It's called fishing for encouragement. Dramatic friends. How many of you got some dramatic friends? My dramatic friends are most of them from CWC, man. (laughs) Um, Keep in mind, I haven't been on Facebook for quite some time, a couple years, you know. So I don't know if they're still here and if they're still Doing their three-letter, two-word post, you know. Just clues. That's it. Clues that you're mad. That's all you got. Just clues. And Elijah doesn't respond to the panic. Doesn't get emotional. Look at what he says in verse 16. He says, don't be what? Afraid. Wait a second, man. What? You see what... See what's happening here, man. They, they, they got us surrounded, bro. They, you, can you you need some glasses or something? They, I mean, this they they got us strapped. They they we're, our back is against the wall right now, Elijah. And he said, Elijah says, those who are what, those who are what with us are more than those who are what with them. Those who are with us. Elijah's a madman. Because a servant probably looks at Elijah. So I see you. I see me. And then there's them. And then the, you're telling me there's more. So where you at, bro? Where he at? Where, what's going on here, man? You you didn't get enough sleep. the The servant looks at the situation, and the math doesn't. The math doesn't add up. Do you know that sometimes the math doesn't add up in the kingdom of God? I mean, just look, the way to receiving in the kingdom of God is to give. But if I need money, why am I going to give money? The math don't add up. Sometimes the logic don't add up. You hurt me. You betray me. Worst, you're my enemy, and I'm supposed to forgive you? It doesn't always add up. But this is the way that God works. This is the way the kingdom of God operates. It doesn't always match up. Sometimes the facts of life don't match up with the realities of heaven. I think Elijah understood something that the servant didn't. And what many people don't Realize it and I want you to understand is that Elisha wasn't living in denial, he was living in revelation. You should write that down. He wasn't living in denial, he was living in revelation, he was living in revelation of another reality. And I understand that the facts of life can be bad sometimes. I understand that life is hard. I'm not pretending to say that life is always easy. That it's always good. And when you get saved, things just always work out for you. There there are challenges. There are pains in life. There is trouble in life. But there's also a greater reality. Elijah was aware of something the servant felt like they didn't have enough Elijah knew they had more than enough when God is with you your supply is greater than your need let me say that one more time when God is with you your supply is greater than your need when God is with you, you don't have less, you have more. Even when it seems like you have less, you always have more. When God is on your side, you don't just have problems, you have promises. In fact, you have more promises than you have problems in your life. The Bible says that there, or in the Word of God, there are over 3,000 promises of, of, of God. Over 3,000. Now, I know you got some problems, but I know you don't got 3,000. 1000 problems. You might have 99 problems, but you don't have 3000 problems. So your supply is always greater than your need. Second Corinthians 9 and 8 says, "And God can give you what? More. Wait, one more time. More blessings than you what? Need. need. Who has a need here today? Who has a big need? Who has like a a tremendous need like, dude, I, I need I need a miracle today. I need a breakthrough right now. I need I need that 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 miracle, that breakthrough, like on Amazon Prime shipping, you know, like next day. I can't wait with UPS ground. I need that thing like next day. I need something to happen today. And God is saying that he has more blessings than you need. You will always have what? Plenty. Of everything, enough to give every good work. Now, look, I, I love what Elisha does next. I love it. Because Elisha goes to prayer. He starts to pray. You know that you need to pray, right? But, but what he prays for is interesting. Elijah doesn't pray. He doesn't pray about the enemy, he doesn't pray for help, he doesn't pray for God to change the situation. He prays for his servants. That's what he does. He, pr- he prays for the servant. He doesn't try to persuade him. He prays. There are some people you can talk to to their blue in the face and they don't change. And you can persuade them and you can tell them everything's going to be okay. You, you, can, you can tell them scripture. You can do this and that. But you need to pray for them. And Elijah does, when he prays, he, he's, he's helping him out. Everybody needs an Elijah in their life. Everybody needs an Elijah that will pray for them when, when they're, they're living in fear. Now look at what, what happens. He says, and Elijah prayed, open his what? Eyes, Lord, so that he may what? See. That's an interesting point. When you're surrounded, there's no way out. There's nobody else that you can visibly see with you, standing with you, supporting you. And Elijah prays that he may see. Because the number of troops was not the problem. Listen very carefully. The problem wasn't the troops. The number of troops. The problem was his vision. And many of you today, your problem isn't the number of issues that you're going through right now. The problem is what you see or what you don't see. This is the, the thing. This is what's happening in, in, in Elijah and in, in the servant's life. He's dealing with something that many of us deal with today. He was aware of what was against him. But he was blind to what was for him. And many of you, you are so much more aware what the enemy is doing in your life, but you're blind to the presence of God. You're blind to what God is doing in your life. You're blind to the, pres- the, the promises of God in your life. And when you're more aware of what the enemy is doing, but you're blind to what God is doing, you'll always be afraid. You will always live in discouragement. You will always walk around in negativity because you are more aware of what's against you than what's for you. Some of you today, you know, you need your eyes to be open. You need your eyes to open because you are facing some things in your life today, but you are blind to to the very things that God is doing in your life. God's word. You know why you got to get into God's word? Because God's word gives us the ability to see what God is doing in our lives. Prayer. You need to pray. It's important that a a believer prays because prayer shifts our perspective in the situation. We want God to remove the situation. But what God wants to do is remove your blindness. What God wants you to do is to to allow you to, to... To see the goodness of God in your life. Now notice what what happens after Elijah prays. I'm going to finish up soon. It says, And Elijah prayed, Open his eyes so that he may see. Then the Lord, what? Opens the servant's eyes. And he looked and he saw. He saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire. All around Elijah. So before the servant only saw one army, but now that his eyes are open, now he sees two armies. Now that his eyes are open, he sees something that was already there. You need to understand that when God is with you there's already provision for your problem what does god what does God show the servant? He sees the the army around the the uh, the, The hills are full of horses, so it's around the city because the hills are around the city. And then he sees chariots around Elijah, so God surrounded not only the problem, but he surrounded Elijah. All the servant needed to do was get a revelation of what was already there. You need to understand, most of you today, you're praying for God to remove a situation in your life. What you, you're, you're praying, God, help. God, intervene. God, help me in this situation. But you need to understand today that help has already arrived. Help is already here. When Jesus died on the cross and he said, it is finished, he overcame the world. He overcame every obstacle in your life. Everything that you need has already been provided by the cross. And you're thinking, well, Pastor, I don't see it right now. I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. You don't see what's happening in my life right now. You don't see what's happening in my marriage. You don't, you don't see what's happening in my finances. You don't see what's happening in my school. You don't, you don't see this, this tuition that I'm trying to pay down, this debt, and, and this thing, and, and this thing in my life. You don't see it. I don't have to see it. What you need to see is that there are are more, there is more with you than against you. What you need to do is you need to see that right now in the problem there's provision just like the provision was right there the whole time. The provision is right there right smack in the middle of your problem. The provision is already there. You just have to see it. Well, how, how do you see it? How do you see God working in your problem? You know what you do? You must have faith. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things, not what? Seen. So faith, your, your faith is your ability to see in the Spirit what you can't see in the natural. If you can't see it in the natural, then at least start seeing it by faith. And right now, you can't see the solution to your problem because you're blind to what God is saying in your life. But you need to get in God's Word. You need to pray. You need to start believing. You need to, to not stop hoping things will change. And stop seeing them change. Get in God's word. Speak over your problem and say, "God, I thank you. I thank you today that my whole family is going to get saved. I thank you that you've already healed me. I thank you that you've already provided the finances. I'm not going to rely on the government to give me free education. I'm not going to. Rec- I'm not going to rely on this person and this politician. I'm going to rely on the one that made me, the one that loves me, because I may be in this world, but I'm not of this world. I'm a child of the." Most High King. If you can't see it in the natural, use your faith. God is waiting for you to see what's already there. Stand with me. God is waiting for you to see what's already there. And as your problem surrounds you, God has already surrounded your problem. As God is sur- as your problem is is all over you and you're you're, you're you feel like you're backed against a wall and you're surrounded. God has not just surrounded you, he surrounded your problem today. But can you see it? You either leave here today with your eyes open or you will leave here blind in the same situation. You'll either live here you'll leave here with courage and hope, or you're going to leave here still full of fear, making excuses why you can't do something. But I want you to understand it's not as bad as it looks with God on your side. It's never as bad as it looks, because there's more for you than against you. I said, there's more for you than against you. There's so much more. there's so much more that you can't see right now in the natural. But you have to believe it by faith. Father, we just thank you right now. Come on, lift up your hands. Father, thank you. Thank you, God, that there's so much. There's so much for us, and we've been waiting for help, and we didn't realize that help was already there with us. And God, today, you're opening eyes. You're opening eyes right now because our eyes have been more open to the problem than the promises of God. Our eyes have been more open, God, to what's happening and the trial and the pain and the hardship. Our eyes have been more open to that. We haven't been able to see beyond the army that's against us. But today, God, you're giving us our vision back. You're showing us, God, that it's not as bad as it looks because, as bad as it may be in the natural, if God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for me, who can be against me? Father, now every person here, let their eyes be open right now in the name of Jesus. Every person here. Every person here. I'm going to let you go, but if you're, you're here today and you're like, you know what? I've been going through some situations right now, and I need revelation in my problem. I need revelation. I've been praying for God to remove the problem. I need revelation. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay area.